Paul Vorhoven. He's got a unique take on America, probably quite insightful, actually. And if you want to see his point of view, I'd suggest watching the double feature of Robocop and Starship Troopers. To infinity and beyond! Flying in baseball? Yeah, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think we're doing, Dad? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. And don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. Young people from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part, too. <laughs> They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Welcome, everybody, to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. And welcome to the drive-in double feature tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as we look at two movies that, when viewed together, offer a very interesting look at America through the prism of Paul Verhoeven, Robocop and Starship Troopers, two of my favorite movies. Robocop is definitely in like my top 10. I love Robocop. Starship Troopers, I, I, I like, but I have mixed feelings about, uh, but we thought, what an amazing double feature to put together these two very interesting looks at uh, two aspects of American culture, be it policing and advertising or the military and the government. and Patriotism. Uh, yeah, he certainly doesn't uh, hold back. <laughs> but is poppy enough and colourful enough to fly just over the heads of a lot of people, I think. <laughs> yeah. Particularly if you're from the said country. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. Starship Troops is about um, freedom. <laughs> I thought it was about Mormon extremists. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, we should start chronologically, yeah. I think. I think we've got Robocop. to look at Robocop first. It did come first, and it's an indictment of the American corporate culture. And yeah. that's really what he's playing at there and this potential for corruption when business takes over essential services but then also the crass i don't know uh commercialization of things and you know you look at the ads that are through peppered throughout it selling products called like the six thousand sucks car and you know, <laughs> it's just so so in your face in some respects, but really clever in that I don't think it's actually far from the truth, you know, in terms of the way it's presented and what you see. So especially at the time it was made. So you have to remember it's going to be a little dated in that sense. Yeah. But, the height um, of uh, excess. <laughs> it, it was apparently, and I know that he's been known to have said this, it was his reflection on coming to America and seeing it for what it was. So 
It's uh, definitely his firm view of how yeah, America a, looks to him. That's Dutch Dutch filmmaker coming over across the across the drink for uh, to expand his career. Mm. So yeah, it's uh, I I personally really enjoyed RoboCop when it came out because it was all a bit of a uh, how would we say it was an infamous film at the time because it was a sort of. I would have been down. Really, really, uh, how would I say? It was a gore fest or a splatter mm. fest, but done with this. It's not in major the kind of gun like fun way. <laughs> no, no, with major gun violence. And it was disturbing at the time and certainly made him infamous. And the film was infamous at the time. So it probably helped make it commercially successful. Because of that infamy, the infamy. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's not that Tarantino violence we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Like when um, when Murphy dies in RoboCop, it is not pleasant to watch. It does not. It's not gore for laughter's sake. It's a very like, whoa, Crucial. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard hitting and it's it's really um intense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I. I, I love RoboCop. I think it's such a good film. I love the social commentary it has on, um, you know, Reagan's 1980s America, you know, with the war on uh, war on drugs, on tough on crime, trickle-down economics and the privatisation of public services. It has a lot to say about masculine authority and 1980s greed is good. It's I found it really sharp in its takedown of those sorts of, I guess, those American excess um, themes that were going on around that time period, which is still around to this day. I feel that um, in 2021, you're sort of starting to see that come back a little bit after the Trump administration. So I feel this movie now more than ever is quite relevant. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's um, the divide between social classes is becoming more and more evident. Yes. As, you know, billionaires go into space while <laughs> the rest of us well, suffer, so many, uh... suffer, suffer a pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, um, with limited access to healthcare, um, especially in America, the healthcare system is very different to how we experience it in Australia. Yeah. As the private sector <laughs> gobbles up people's lives. Yeah. And All put their people money into. Just to survive. Yeah. And puts people right into debt for seeking something that they should be you know, offered without a second thought. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you're going to find it will raise its head again in the next film that we're talking yeah, about anyway. Definitely. So it's, it's certainly <laughs> yeah. themes that are being explored over a decade, I guess, is the best way of describing it because it's the next film's in the 90s. The 90s. So. Yeah. yeah. And he, but, he obviously, um, he uh, Paul Verhoeven, I think it's clear to say he obviously disapproves of... <laughs> Uh, the sort of American idea. Uh, yeah, I, well, he's critical. I don't know about disapproval, but it's it's certainly he's highly critical of it. <laughs> yeah, no, but what I mean is he sort of relishes the the American view on things too. So the way that he presents the films is definitely not art house style. It's coming from across more from that. Um, it's not that art house Dutch. No. <laughs> it's it, it, it's, it's I, think, I think that's part of his, though. Spectacle I think that's part like of his point expect. too, though. Yeah. 
It is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You need to have a, a ticket to, you know, to mm. be in the lottery, as it were. Mm. Um, the, the things about Robocop, though, that I really love is just the use of things like stop motion animation. Like, yeah. oh, we don't it, see it. And, it's uh, your own mind. <laughs> and it has this, quite. yeah, it, like it's done effectively, obviously, and it still actually holds up. I think. I mean, you can tell it's stop motion. I think. But... I think because it's a it's an inorganic, yeah, thing. It's a machine. It's, it's, much, yeah. it's much easier to like. Um, you <laughs> it's know, more digestible. It yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I think it, it's when you're doing something organic, you're you're limited by where like okay, flesh doesn't move like that, muscle doesn't move like that. When it's a big robot, it's like oh well, it's a big robot. I like how they threw yeah. a little dinosaur into the ad as well, a stop motion dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> but, I love um, its little twitching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say is it, it not only do they do these special effects in uh, an effective way, but they've got that sense of humor, which I think harks back from Star Wars a bit in terms of the way the droids and things will have these things happen to them yep. that just is funny and you know, the little twitch of the toe at the end of it. It's great. It's a great moment. <laughs> but I, I, think I think of R2-D2 and things like that when that... Falling when over. That and, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess machines in a, in a world where things go wrong. <laughs> I think my favourite thing about Robocop is Peter Weller. I don't think enough yes. can be said about how friggin' amazing Peter Weller is as an actor from the just likability of him as Murphy before the transition into Robocop to this unbelievably good physical performance in the suit. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was going to say, Peter Weller really makes this movie. He's such a sympathetic figure and you yeah. sort of see the humanity breaking through when he is this Robocop figure, when he's going through his old house with the with the um, television real estate agent and he's having these flashbacks. It's You really feel for the guy with, with what's happened to him. Yeah, he gets he, he is stripped of everything. Yes, and I think that's why we. I think we. I think we're in a conversation just the three of us talking about the the remake of RoboCop, where it sort of is a little bit softer in it. <laughs> his wife's like, "Oh, I still love you. It's okay." In this one, it's like his wife left town. She <laughs> left, and so did his. Well, son. he's dead. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I guess also back to having everything stripped away from him as well. The carelessness by the junior executive, by um, resident badass Miguel Ferrer, just saying, "Just wipe him. It doesn't matter." He's a product, yeah. not a person. That's well, we, horrible. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's done. You know, he is now our property for OCP. And it's he's just part of, he is a machine. He's no longer a person. He's and talking about that machine aspect to him, he does that really well. Like, it's not like he's doing a robot, you know, a sort of robot dance robot. He actually <laughs> does the weird twitches that look mechanical but sort yeah. of emotional the, at the same the time. Turns, so, uh... yeah. Yes. Well, there's all that, like the normal movement, but there's these moments when, you know, he's sort of suffering, I guess, and electronics are going haywire on him and when he has dreaming. to actually... Yeah. Uh, there's that, but then it's also where he's trying to escape a situation and he's starting to twitch and it's not working right and his head sort of moves mechanically but emotionally at the same time and it's, yeah, it's a really good testament to his... Uh, acting in that as you said that sort of mm. physical acting which you require because really you only get to see one eye and his mouth really and but the voice and everything it's just like it's like it's like the perfect performance 
Yeah, I think probably the other standout performance for me in this movie is um, Kurt Wood Smith as the villain. Or, you know, I've always known him as, you know, Red Foreman from that the 70s most, show. The most <laughs> sinister evil man on the planet. He's just a scumbag, but yeah. so, so interesting to watch. <laughs> you know, do you know how to fly, Bobby? <laughs> And then he throws his mate outside off the truck and just, oh, God. Yep. He's, he's a, a pure evil piece of work. Yeah. But I found it was the acting of just about everyone that helps yeah. make yeah. it so solid. Oh, like, Ronnie it's... Cox is fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, he's sort and... of like nonchalance in the boardroom after someone gets blown away because there's, the, yeah. there's zero value on human life in this movie. No, that's yeah. right. Like, no one's and... even surprised. And also Nancy Allen as well, who does a wonderful job as Murphy's partner and is always looking out yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah, but they, all of that sort of uh, well-performed characters and well-rounded people, I guess, is the best way of looking at it, mm. just adds to that gravity of uh, Murphy recapturing humanity slowly. So it's sort of like, a, and that's the character arc for Robocop is just coming back to being About a human man. being, a person. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really good idea. And I love the um, clever modification of the laws of robotics yes. in, in it. So it's like not not the iRobot type law, but it's a similar thing where they're throwing that in, but it's done with this nice dramatic tension where it's stopping him achieving yeah. what he needs to. So, Executives and things. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly, which comes into direct conflict with what... You're fired. Yeah, with what policing <laughs> should be, yeah. 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 It, it, well, it's a well, literal it's demonstration like, of corruption. Corporate yeah. controlled police. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember who said it, but there was a... Uh, uh, I think it was while I was in film school, some professor talking about something where he's like, if you're watching a movie and once the villain is defeated, the tension is gone, you should end the movie. And I was like, oh... Robocop does that perfectly. <laughs> it's the best. I like the ending of Robocop. Like, for some reason, just the way that that ending is like, Ronnie Cox yeah. is dead. What's your name, son? Murphy. Murphy. Best theme song ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I, I love it. <laughs> just, uh, just give me more of that. It's just yeah. superb. Well, it's, it is sitting well and truly in science fiction. And yes. even though it's got all the action aspects to it and the humor, and kind of the gritty, gritty police drama as well. Yeah, mm. but it, it's the science fiction that pushes it through to being something a bit more, you know. Oh, and, definitely. Uh, yeah, because it's, similar it's to dealing with things of as, as much as like all the sort of political stuff that we've talked about and consumerism mm. and stuff. Ultimately, it's just it's a man regaining his humanity from the grasps of being a machine. Mm. Mm. And it it probably does more than say terminator does in terms of science fiction so it like it takes a lot more about science fiction concepts and displays it there in the film so mm. um you could say terminators probably looks better as a special effects type thing but it's science fiction principles are pretty small change compared to robocop i think terminator does it in a different way um terminator is more about um, stopping this dystopia from happening. Whereas in the context of Robocop, Detroit is already seen as this dystopia that people are yeah, already living in. It's the Wild in. West. It's the Wild West with all this heavy crime and corrupt police and corrupt mm. corporations taking over everything. I think it just approaches it from a different perspective. 
Because um, it's a, it's well, I think what it's comparison was made very quickly, obviously, oh, yeah, because of, of the timing. It's two robots. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very think, easy um, comparison to make. Yeah. yeah well, I think they're, 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 I mean, Terminator sort of is the, like, time travel and and i guess artificial intelligence run amok whereas robocop is i think dealing with the implications of technology yeah. and that's probably what makes it more more a way fiction, better yeah. science fiction story mm. yeah it questions i guess the consequences of um what happens when you try and meddling and... Yeah. so um the only thing that i think's really dated was the hairstyles <laughs> that's fair. You can't. You look at it and you go, "Oh, no. I don't know why." We can't, I thought that we was good in the eighties. Can't fix eighty-seven, mate. <laughs> I think the other thing I really like about this movie as well is just the way that it's shot. Um, you have all these beautiful, long, establishing shots, so you get a really good idea of where everything is placed, and it's very easy to follow. Not enough films do that anymore these days. Um, it's something that I really miss, and it's something that Robocop does very effectively. I think it's props to Paul Verhoeven for really knowing how to shoot action. Like, yes, that too. He does. He just knows. Mm. He's good He's at it. He's very good at it. That's all I, I guess. Say about Robocop. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of shooting action, <laughs> is that the segue to move to? That was a sad, wet segue. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. And it's, we uh, yeah, it's much wetter, I guess, in terms of the gore. So, yes, yeah. 1997 yeah. Starship Troopers. Yep, we've uh, finished discussing the filet mignon. Let's get on to the Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, all right. All right, Monica's been teasing uh, us with this like for the last few days. Monica had never seen Starship Troopers prior to the uh, for the recording of this episode. So please, <laughs> please, <laughs> I you don't seem impressed. I that's because I wasn't. Um, I thought this was such a stupid movie um, with elements <laughs> that could have that could have been really good. Let me just say that and be fair. Um, I will say I, I understand the correlation between Robocop and Starship Troopers because they're dealing with very similar themes, um, which I appreciated. And then again, you also have Verhoeven making these observations about American social culture and masculinity and propaganda and all these sorts of things. Um, but that does not take away from me having to look at Doogie Howser dressed as a Gestapo agent or me not caring about anybody in this movie <laughs> except for clancy brown oh clancy brown zim. Yeah. zim well the greatest character in this movie i i, I personally i quite like um, ratchet <laughs> yeah michael ironside's good. michael ironside's pretty good yeah. uh but yeah you're you i mean i it's hard because it's but, sort of like you can be like, well, I guess it's him making commentary on like what the military does to you and kind of strips away your humanity and all this sort of stuff. And that's why we've got Casper Van Dien because look how good an actor he is. <laughs> but, well, again, but maybe, again, maybe I'm trying to read into it where it could just be like, oh, he's just no. pretty ordinary. No. He is pretty ordinary. And also I don't buy that a character like um, Rico is um, clever enough to go to somewhere like Harvard, but, you know, he's the white protagonist with the skills, um, something that I brought up previously in our um, review of Battleship, which infuriated me. What was, his, what, was his, what was his score on the math test? 34%. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also me, don't believe that Carmen was capable of 95%. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, well, for me, Beautiful this is the smart too, Scott. Huh? <laughs> Beautiful people can be smart too. Look, um, <laughs> <laughs> just based upon all of her other life decisions. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, uh, seeing it when it got released, it was certainly uh, it was a spectacle at the time because it took the action films back into that gory uh, thing that we saw with Robocop. And that was one of the things that was really stark about it when you went and saw it. Um, but when you get Beverly Hills 90210, I had to look up the name of it because I don't know the numbers, but I knew that that's what it was. Um, it's set it's in a war, which is what it is. Uh, we find a mix that struggles to combine effectively. So we, we sort of have these Ken and Barbie doll characters and to be honest they're literally ken and barbie dolls uh, they're stiff they're hollow they're vacuous and they're missing and, you, and like monica area. said yeah and like monica said it's sort of you don't care for them whatsoever there's nothing to care about the the weird teenage really love triangle overlapping love triangle stuff to try and make drama and things just makes it even worse yeah. um and it, it's it's a shame because it has such great elements in it and i think that's where it links to robocop so that use of the internet you know want to know more and click on things it really makes a great narrative drive for exposition because you need it yeah but it does it really well as if you're researching on the internet and getting some backstory and things yeah um, and they're mixed in with this outstanding production design and special effects that it, it, it's such a shame oh, it it's got that clunky good. yeah oh absolutely it, it's it, it's actually stood up better than robocop in terms of the effects they really did the a good job in models it. and stuff yeah. yeah it looks good uh but yeah that weak acting just really diminishes it entirely and when we talked about robocop we we're talking about how good all the supporting cast was how good the acting was and then you come to this and it becomes a bit of a facade of the same thing but not really with the depth of it and it's a real shame because there's so many great elements in it it's um there is yeah um back to the um do you want to know more videos i also felt it was a really good um conversation starter about the um way that news is controlled as well and um, propaganda pieces i did find this movie did allude to um pro-military um, fascist propaganda, particularly um, fascism from 1930s, 1940s Germany well, as he, well. Yeah, he, was, said he, he always said he was yeah. leaning heavily on triumph of the will when he uh, started putting yes. it together. Oh, you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it certainly does that in spades, the sort of, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, exploration of fascist patriotism that occurs there, to the point of the xenophobia as well you know they're actually squashing bugs <laughs> literal yeah. bugs um it, it's really on its sleeve probably too much i yeah. i don't know because it's it's when i was over there there were there were ads and stuff for the military that played out a lot like the ads in this yeah I found it really interesting that like it's not too far from the except for this like all the whole citizenship thing Oh, yeah, I was about to say the civilian versus citizenship thing I thought was a load of contrived 
bullcrap, but yeah. <laughs> but I can see people buying into it. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Gotta vote. Gotta, yeah, so gotta go fight bugs <laughs> across the galaxy. I, for one, welcome our new bug overlords, okay? <laughs> they, don't seem, they don't seem like they want to talk, though. No. But then again, neither do the humans. <laughs> no. um, and then it constantly yeah. is treading the line of, like, who started this conflict? Like, the bugs, someone, like, I can't remember. The Mormon the extremists. They went into their territory and started trying to make a colony there. That's the reason it started. Yeah. <laughs> the Mormon extremists. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I always find that funny. It's just like, what? It was um, more than manifest destiny. <laughs> well, if anyone's going to do it, they do it with the Native Americans, they'll do it with the bugs. Um, I think things like the line, you kill bugs good, is a good illustration of the difference. Exceptional dialogue. <laughs> of of <laughs> intelligence behind the script and dialogue compared to Robocop. And I think it's is, interesting too because it's the same writer. Yeah, well, yeah, it's Ed obviously Neumeier. they're aiming for something else. It's just doesn't quite work as well. Yeah, um, Ed, Ed, Ed Neumeier, whose who's, who's filmography includes Robocop, Starship Troopers, <laughs> Starship Troopers 2, Anacondas 2, Starship Troopers 3, Starship Troopers 4, Robocop, the 2014 version, and Starship Troopers 5. That's all his screenplays that have been written by this guy. Okay. So he's sort of running out of steam by doing the same thing over I like that he waited <laughs> 10 years for the next movie <laughs> between Robocop um, and Starship Troopers. Maybe he needed a nap between the two. I, I don't yeah. blame him. And then just kept writing Starship <laughs> Troopers movies. Yes. Um, what was I going to say? I was yeah, it's interesting. Same writer, same director. Yeah, I remember reading, um, researching up um, Starship Troopers that test screen audiences um, disliked the aspect of the love triangle between Carmen, Rico, and Xander. So it sort of got axed off um, towards the end, but you could still sort of see the overtones of it. But one of the things that um, audiences did not like, which I thought was a bit harsh, was that. Many did not agree that Carmen choosing her career over Rico was a good move. <laughs> and I, I just thought, it was smart. <laughs> you to you, he's, Carmen. He's, he's such a catch. Possibly <laughs> a woman wants to progress herself as a pilot in a male-dominated field. Just, yeah. oh. She, she might yeah. be captain one day, but Casper Van Dien. <laughs> Difficult decisions. Yes. Yes, an, an acrobatic footballer. <laughs> I think that speaks, speaks more about the 90s America it audiences. Than... <laughs> well, it I does. think it's their target audience that's been selected there, not even 90s America. I mean, no. a degree of cynicism at that time, but it's... Um, I was going to say Yeah, that I'd say it's a, yeah, their selection of audience. I was going to say that kind of proves Verhoeven's critique mm. of 90s <laughs> America in a way. So he's not far off the money. Yeah, the um, the other part, I, I find that the action of Starship Troopers is re- really well done and it yeah. has this relentless pace that really carries you through the film until you get to the third act and that's this whole bug, uh, brain yeah. bug thing, which yeah. just yeah. suddenly going, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, I'm no longer enjoying even the action pieces. And The film comes to a grinding halt when yeah. it comes to that part, yeah. It's weird. It's so it's such a big pace shift that I 
probably didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but every other subsequent viewing, I've noticed it more and more. Yeah, and... It, it, it slows up. Which is a shame. It, it sort of, it, it probably it's... feel more satisfying if it just went really quick and... Yeah, for all of its, like, flaws that we've talked about, I really do enjoy the film until, yeah, the third act, where it where it just becomes kind of boring. Like, otherwise, for all of its flaws and stuff, it's sort of like breakneck pace, and it's some of it's quite, like, absurdly funny. And the, the, the action's great, and the gore's fantastic, silly, and the, some of the dumb lines. But then that third <laughs> act is so boring. <laughs> I think it just tries to take itself too seriously all of a sudden uh, and try and treat the characters seriously when we don't no, care. It goes from your what forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You know, so they're all getting killed off one by one. Oh, oh no, that goes just, oh, who cares? Yeah, yeah they, they, yeah. yeah they, oh, that they, that um... was a sad death too because she's going, oh, I got to be with you. It was like the goal of her life. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just like, oh, just... you can do so much better. <laughs> That's the weirdest. Like, oh. Also, to reduce such a, a strong female character to someone who's just like a lovesick woman who's about to die, I just thought it was just, just a cheap way to kill off her character. It was so unnecessary. It was like a, yeah, a cheap grab for like a, a false emotion. Yeah, exactly. When you could have just appreciated her for who she was. You know, she could have laid out Rico straight on her ass several times over. She should have been the one in charge, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was the probably the better character in amongst them all too which it and that's why that line really stinks <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it really does mm. it's like oh you've got like six holes in you and that's what you're gonna say is your last yeah. <laughs> yep. um the bugs like let's talk about like the the designs are pretty cool the design is pretty cool i do have to say the creatures look amazing yeah, oh, the spider ones and the beetle. The, the beetle, yeah. Yeah, the beetle's great as well. And the um, mixture of kind of practical and CG. The CG mm. still looks pretty good. It does, yeah. I have to say the giant mind-reading larvae is a bit... <laughs> the brain awesome. yeah. The brain Yeah, bug. but they seem to go with the pacing. It's uh, something yeah. they've just gone, ah, oh. Well. Yes, exactly <laughs> need right. to, I think it's like, it's like an attempt to kind of wrap it up in a way that, like, mm. the, the humans are going to win. It's not just this... War of attrition. Yeah, I guess it's sort of to give Which the bugs a, a leader, and we can stop that leader. And but I didn't care. <laughs> like, yeah. when he sort of goes like, "It's you know what's it saying? It's scared." And I was just like, "Yeah, it's scared. Of course it would be." <laughs> it's been, it's been He's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Nazis are scary. Nazis are scary. Like Neil Patrick Harris is as he gets paler and paler throughout the film. <laughs> yes. Um, Busey being Busey. I didn't mind that so much. You throw in a Busey, I'm going to enjoy him. <laughs> it's just all. Yeah, well, he, he's, he was a great side character, that's for sure, because yeah. uh, he, he stands out as being someone different to everyone around them. And yeah. um, it was interesting how uh, I would say they effortlessly threw away gender politics in the film. Like the fact that they're, they're not putting it as a badge or anything going, you know, women and men are being treated equally here. It's just done it's as just it is. It's natural. It's just, it's just the way it is. And, they're all in the uh, same unit. They're all on the front line. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're all in the shower. All yeah. doesn't matter. And Equally but, punched and stabbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in exactly. recruit school. So 
So the most vicious. Um, <laughs> the most, yeah. yeah. You think you got what the most the most hardcore drill instructor since <laughs> Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. You go to the Clancy Brown School of becoming a badass. <laughs> <laughs> you will leave with broken arms. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it, uh, it does achieve some of those things. It does make it up. Uh, I ultimately really do enjoy Starship Troopers. I, I don't think I could watch it many more times just because of that slow last part to it. But um, it's certainly, if you've never seen it before, it's certainly worth seeing. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I, yeah, I think it's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, it's just not my cup of tea, but um, yeah, if people want to um, give it a go. Yeah, why not? It gives you a good idea of... Uh, I won't stop you. <laughs> I won't stop you. If you want to get, you know, a snapshot of Paul Verhoeven's directorial style, absolutely watch Starship Troopers. Just switch your brain off before it's, you do it's it. Starship Troopers or Showgirls. I mean, there you are. You oh, I, I would have loved to have no, done no. a double feature with Showgirls. <laughs> oh, Showgirls and Hollow Man. We'll save that for Paul Verhoeven part two. <laughs> Another. Oh, please, can we? <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's um, dwarving into similar things there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Voyeurism and <laughs> uh, ickiest. Anyway, um, I think the craziest thing about we picked these two movies because of the sort of the, the similarity thematically that we've just talked about. Um, I think what the weirdest similarity is the kind of both of these films have had franchises. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Uh, there's so there's three live action Starship Troopers movies. Then there's the two animated films. There's a children's TV show, which I've got here on DVD. Uh, Robocop, three movies, a remake, a children's animated TV show as well. <laughs> so I think there's something sort of strange about that because these two, these two like franchises, at a first glance, when you watch these two films, not remotely family friendly. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> but for some reason, someone thought it would be great to turn them both into children's television shows, and I just find that bizarre. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It probably shows that the core elements of the films translates well across a lot of ways in terms of it's acceptable to use the basics of RoboCop. Because I mean, really, what Robocop's thing to kids is, you know, stay out of trouble. He's a policeman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's his word to kids. Could you um, imagine uh, him yelling at a before... child, dead or alive, you're coming with me? Surely <laughs> <laughs> yeah. before blowing their testicles yeah. off. <laughs> the correct way to deal with a would be rapist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he doesn't muck around. Good. Uh, what's that film what? from? Would, would be. No, oh, that's from Dirty Harry, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good thing one day. Surprised we didn't get oh. the Dirty Harry children's TV show. <laughs> oh, God. Clean <laughs> <Unclean> Harry. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, well, the Starship, I, I the do. Starship Trooper show, though, is amazing. Oh, okay. It's a really, really amazing and like um, epic in scope where they get these kind of giant robots and stuff to fight along, like fight the bugs and things. And it's got this other race of aliens that were in the book, apparently. I've not read the book. So, um, yeah, no, sincerely, Roughnecks is very good. Good. Yeah. 
Monica's out to buy it straight away, I'm sure. Oh, Monica, you can borrow mine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, oh. You just had this mine. polite, good. Just <laughs> smile and nod. No. Sincerely, I think you'd enjoy it in that kind of like uh, Batman the Animated Gargoyles type, you know, dark kid show. It's quite good. Oh, don't you start listing off the things I love. <laughs> I know. Play <laughs> you like a fiddle. <laughs> no Clancy Brown, though. Sorry. Oh, then I'm not interested. <laughs> Rubbish. Fancy play on pirates. <laughs> um, <laughs> just yeah, weird franchises like that, that. That these two things became sort of, you know, franchises. I find really interesting. And something that sort of, I guess, it has a lasting legacy. These two, like, yeah. just about everybody's seen RoboCop, and you know, a lot of people would have seen Starship Troopers or knows what it's about. So. It's, it's or seen that it's yes, or if you've watched like any science fiction television show from the 90s early 2000s where they recycled the costumes over and over again absolutely <laughs> it's what the uh, it's what the the um, alliance wear in firefly is all the starship troopers uniforms oh, okay. <laughs> oh it is too now that i think about it <laughs> so they uh, they they got around well that money was well spent on the fox backlot well if it somehow contributed to firefly it can't be all that bad <laughs> there you go yeah, and I mean, Casper Van Dien, he made that one other movie. Oh, right. Yeah, what is it? He was in, um, you know, the one. <laughs> Sleepy no, Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. He's in Sleepy Hollow. Was he is in he? Sleepy Hollow? Really? He is the, he is the, um, Christina Ricci's husband that, uh, is the romantic oh. conflict for, uh, Johnny Depp's Ichabod Crane. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. And then he gets so memorable by the headless horse on the bridge. <laughs> well, You're <I> welcome. <laughs> what a career. Johnny Rico. <laughs> Stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what else I have to say about it, but I, I think they're both fun films. Robocop is definitely the much better film but I still have a lot of fun with uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, I, I think they work really well as a double feature. Like the, they do work as something. If you mix films together, often they put on double features where it doesn't quite work together, but I think these actually do. Uh, it, whether you like them or not, but they work together as a, a pair of films, even though they're different ultimately. They're still so, complementary, though, to absolutely. So they do. They are a worthy double feature in that respect. And the double feature of Jaws and a cut purple was never the Spielberg double feature <laughs> I was aiming for. <laughs> <laughs> no, no but right. I, perfect, I, yeah, it, perfect you know, double feature. Yeah, and it's probably a topic we could look at in the future because I know I went to double feature of Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's a good so, double feature. So yeah, I went. I did so, double feature of uh, Jaws and Jurassic Park. Yeah, that, that makes sort sense. Of works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can work, but, but maybe it's enjoy. a yeah, the drive-in double features something we start doing more often. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> cool. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Vulture, I've been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy, Monica Porto, and Scott Sauter. The clip for this week's show was from Starship Troopers, and the song at the end was the main theme from Robocop. If you're enjoying the show, please, I invite you to jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. 
It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we're available at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter at popcultureau, and we are also available on Instagram. 